0: All right, we're here on Dong City. This is Vince Mercandetti, and you may be questioning why Henry is so much lighter skinned than usual. That is because it's not Henry. We have our special guest, (laughs) Randy Hammond. Henry is uh, taking some some personal time that I approved, so uh, he will be back next week. But for now, we've got Randy, and Randy, you are the host of the Audible which is on tomorrow, but you're also a Yankee fan, so we're keeping things kind of cohesive here. How are you? I'm good, and what I might lack in
1: skin tone as far as Henry goes, I still remain here in Yankee bias, so we did not lose anything in that department.
0: It was very important to us that we keep the Yankee bias as strong as humanly possible. <laughs> Rob Martinez, of course, speaking of Yankee bias in our background here, <laughs> he'll be producing the whole show, and here we are. So, yeah, we're doing everything we can to keep everything as normal as possible. Thank you for joining us. Um, And let's get right into it here. So, you know, we, Randy, our our first subject here every week is always COVID updates. And last week Mm -hmm. was the first week where we had absolutely none, and it was Mm -hmm. fantastic. But (laughs) this week, we kind (laughs) of went back to it a little bit, but kind of a fake story because, uh Giants and Padres had two games that were canceled earlier in the week. Um but allegedly the one giant positive was actually a false positive. So we don't even know if anyone tested positive for COVID. This isn't like your sport of football where you know they test seven thousand people, everyone <laughs> remains negative. Um we don't know if anyone was positive. Everyone's back at play, so though a COVID yeah. update, basically nothing happened.
1: Well, I think the NFL has kind of, like, mastered the art of, like, oh, well, we had faulty tests or we had faulty equipment, so nothing <laughs> to see here. No no need to panic. Like, we're fine. Like, and maybe the MLB is, like, adopting to that. Yes. <laughs> but I... regardless, these leagues are kind of figuring out how to just continue with their seasons without letting
0: this impact it all that much. I am completely on that bandwagon, by the way, in that conspiracy camp <laughs> that uh, all the sports at this point were like, you know, let's screw it. You Which know, is everyone's negative. Yeah. No one needs to know. No one's going to die from this when you're a professional athlete. Like, who cares? If you're willing to play, you're willing to get it, and that's the end of the story. I completely <laughs> buy that, especially with the NFL because they're the scummiest of all. I have no doubt that so that's what's going on here. And look, at the
1: end of the day, I don't want anyone to get it. I don't want anyone to get sick. I obviously don't want anyone to be severely impacted by this. So if it is truly a false positive, then I'm happy about that. I just – my conspiracy theory sports brain, I just can't just accept that that's what happened and move on.
0: Yeah, completely agree with you. By the way, if I uh, seem like I'm looking in different directions this show, it's because <laughs> everything – Is completely opposite for me. I'm I'm doing the, usually we do the podcast from one computer, I'm doing it from the other. So that's why you have a different angle in the background Mm. and a random stool that I tried to get out of the shot. Now it's back in. Um, So now if I'm looking (laughs) to my left, I'm looking at the viewer comments and uh, that's where we're at. And no, Jake, you know, Jacob, I contemplated putting a hat on for like five minutes before this show and decided against it, even though my hair is at the point where I need to be wearing a hat. (laughs) But what are you going to do? So, yeah, uh, people chomping at the bit, by the way. to get, <laughs> Well, you know what? We'll, we'll mix up the rundown a little bit. Let's talk about something that just happened. It's breaking news. We'll put it to the mm-hmm. top of the hour before we get into the highlights here, which is where Rob likes to shine. That is the Mets sale just got approved finally to yes. – uh, is it Steve Cohen? Is that his name?
1: It's Steve Cohen for 95% of ownership. I believe it was $2.8 billion. So he is by far the majority owner. Mets fans, I'm so happy for you you can finally move on from those just god-awful Will Ponds.
0: That is a strong majority ownership, too. I mean, that dude's calling all of the shots possible. Do they even – did they include, like, one of those, you know, 2% owners everyone's going to associate with owning the team or not even – I don't – I
1: didn't even see any other names that could be associated with, like, an ownership group. Um, It's just basically, like, you know, Cohen is very rich, and you know he owns the team. Let's <laughs> hey, yeah. Not mess around with any any other people underneath him.
0: <laughs> All right, well, Cohen has so much money he doesn't even need a face of the franchise to be in in ownership. So that's that's encouraging already. If you're a Mets fan, I mean, this is the thing, yeah. and I said this. I know Henry agrees. Um, you know, we like to point out where the Mets are a terrible franchise, and it, deservingly so. But we also would really prefer if they weren't a terrible franchise and if they were just a yeah. second New York team that, you know, spent like a New York team should and was competitive like a New York team should. So this is great. I mean, I'm very happy for Mets fans. It's been a long time coming. And as a Knicks fan, I can tell you, I can't even imagine <laughs> what that feels like <laughs> after I like mean, just they, they, so they, many years of incompetence.
1: Yeah. And I mean, the Dolan thing is interesting because he actually does spend money at the end of the day. He's just yeah, really he bad at sucks. his job. But at least with the hockey side of things, I mean, uh, he still owns the Rangers, and he's really good at that by just not involving himself at all. So where the Wilpons screwed up is they continuously just put their foot and their hand in things that they did not belong in. And then, I know, now hopefully Cohen will just take a step back and hire people who know what they're doing, and then hopefully the Mets can become a respectable Major League Baseball franchise.
0: Yeah. I mean, the key for me with almost every successful ownership is that the owner doesn't pretend they know what they're doing. (laughs) Look, <laughs> just, you have your, your wallet, you earned your wallet, great, you get to walk around, you could do whatever you want in the stadium, like, that's mm-hmm. all nice, but do not try and get involved in, in player transactions. It very, very rarely works. Yeah. Um, even for this, or George Steinbrenner, like, the most classic example of where it worked, but even then, it's like, Stick Michael built the 90s dynasty, and if you remove right. the 90s dynasty, George Steinbrenner was a very unsuccessful owner, given how much money he spent. so And and a pretty bad person, I, think, I have to say, too. I think we overlooked that, considering uh,
1: how many championships he that they won. Yeah,
0: right. Not to mention all the times he <laughs> got in trouble with MLB. Not to mention, like, all of the bridges that he, you know, set on fire. So, um, if you're an, an owner, if you want to be successful, just stay out of it. Like, that's that's Robert Kraft doesn't, like, go and, like, research what tight end the Patriots should draft. Like, he just stays out of it. He lets Belichick yeah. handle it. I think he had some say in the Brady stuff, but that's different when you have a guy
1: like that who made you a lot of money uh, during your ownership tenure. Uh, yeah. But that's, you know, you're talking about one of the greatest players in the history of a sport at that point. And then uh, I just want to yeah, point out in the was... comment section real quick. Vince yeah. uh, Renee Schultz says, uh, that the Wilpons retained the other 5%. I don't know if that's satire or if that's okay. real, but that's interesting to me. Brian
0: McGinley playing jokes on me saying A-Rod owns the other 5%. Yes. <laughs> I was like, man, if they, if they combined and A-Rod really was the face, that's like the perfect combination to me. But, well, that's just Jeter in New York at that point. That's just the Marlins
1: situation uh, 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 in the Big Apple. I mean, that's that would be A-Rod and Jeter butting heads in
0: the same division. Yeah, this is the equivalent, by the way, of A-Rod having to move to third. <laughs> like he still didn't get to own a team. Peter gets to own a team. They're probably yeah. making the playoffs this year, which we'll get to in a second. And Arod's still stuck being a bridesmaid when it comes to owning a team. Uh, he yeah. gets screwed again. So, yeah, that's uh, that's my take on that. But congratulations to, to the Mets and Mets fans. That mm-hmm. should be great. Is it effective twenty twenty one? Do we know, or is it going to take longer?
1: I don't know that, that for
0: sure. I would assume it's
1: uh, effective right after the season. But um, yeah, I, I, have, I don't have that information at the top of my head. Um, okay. But uh, I, wanna, I just want to say, Steve Cohen, you, know, you spent, I think you got the Mets for a decent price there. And you're already beloved because you're not the Wilpons. So good on you for becoming a person who is highly uh, cheered on now uh, in New York circles.
0: Yeah, he's, like, in the beginning of the race when you have that person who's, like, all the way in the front, and then, like, everyone's staggered. Behind. Like, he's all the way in the front. Like, you already have an advantage. Just don't yeah. screw it up, and you should be okay. Uh, but, yeah, so Mets new ownership. That was breaking news just at the top of the hour. We rarely get breaking news ahead of Dong City. It's usually, like, seven minutes after we sign off. So, that was exciting. Of course, yeah. Uh, Rob, let's get to the highlights here as we uh, review the week that was in Major League Baseball. So here's your first highlight. Uh, this oh, is going to start <laughs> off with, uh, <laughs> I already, yeah, at first I thought this was Kenley. This is Danny Jensen, not Kenley Jensen, uh, and yeah. he, uh, he's going to hit a grand slam. The reason we're showing this, it capped off a 10-run inning for the Blue Jays. That was the worst it got for the Yankees this week. They had a 6-2 lead. Jansen hits a grand slam. It ends, I think they lost 12-6. Yeah. And uh, and that was the absolute downside of the Yankees season. At that point, I think they had lost like six in a row and were ended falling to 500.
1: Yeah, I think that was the game that pushed them to 500. You already fell down in the dumps about how the season was going. I think Cole had not the greatest start ever the day before. So you have a – I forgot who even started that game. I believe it was Debbie or Hap. Um, but, you know, you bring in Chad Green, who doesn't have his stuff right away, and then you bring it out of Vino, and you leave both of them in probably longer than you should have, uh, which, you know, we'll get to with classic Aaron Boone decision-making, but mm-hmm. it just was the icing on the cake of what could not have been a worse stretch for the Yankees, uh, and it was just demoralizing. A team like the Blue Jays, so such offensive firepower, so young, all these great young prospects, and it's like, are the Yankees even possible of scoring 10 runs in a series, let alone in an inning or a game? Like, it's yeah. like, I,
0: I didn't, it didn't feel like
1: these teams couldn't have been further apart in that moment.
0: Yeah. So remember that moment. <laughs> We're going to touch back on it for a series of reasons throughout the show. Rob, let's go yeah. to our next one. This brought me much joy while I was basking in misery. And that is the Houston Astros. That is Ramon Laureano. Yes. Uh, Hitting a walk-off. And this is obviously memorable because Floriano is the one who got suspended, got into a fight with the first base coach or whoever it was, the batting coach of the Astros. Uh, back when the Astros had swag, now they don't have swag. <laughs> they have fallen to 500. Oakland's running away with that division. Uh, they had their own adversity, but that was the Astros losing in a walk-off. Floriano, he gets his revenge.
1: Yeah, and I believe that was the same game the Astros you know, were up 2-0 the entire time. Uh, and then the left fielder, which I'm not sure if that was Michael Brantley or not, or that young kid that they've been playing all year. Um, but he made a sliding att- a catch attempt and it just ball just bounced right off of his glove and he kicked it into the, uh, into the foul territory and then two runs score all right away. So like, if I was a reliever, I'd be pretty upset. But uh, ultimately, I mean, the, the A's got lucky with that.
0: Yeah, for whatever reason, we tried to go full torture porn and get that highlight, but uh, we it got removed from like everywhere. So I don't I don't know what what's going on there. But we wanted to get the Astros error instead. So we got the walk off. It works just as well. Rob, they're they're
1: trying to protect them at all costs. I, I'm not. I'm I, I'm seeing you, MLB. We were, yeah, we're not yeah. letting them off the hook here.
0: They're like, yeah, they're not that bad. Make sure you tune into the six seed mm-hmm. when the playoffs start. Yeah. Um, Rob, next clip. So, this one more, more of an abstract highlight clip. That's all just Chapman in the ninth inning against the Orioles. Now, the Yankees are having a much better time at this point. Um, yes. Here's a fly out to right. That's Talkman making the catch. And then Boone comes to the mound, and everyone's wondering like, you're four pitches in, you just gotten out. Uh, you know, he's holding his arm there. No one really knows what's going on. If you look at the back of his pants, that's where the conspiracy theory starts. Um, we're gonna talk about this a little bit more, Randy, but uh the, the out the outlining theory on Twitter is that Chapman may have shit himself or was going to shit himself or was in the process of shitting himself and needed a breather. Which I mean I think that's
1: like the most relatable thing about a professional athlete I've ever heard. <laughs>
0: that is like the worst timing
1: yeah. I've ever heard. Yeah, I yeah. mean you're in the, especially when you're a reliever, you're in the bullpen probably with the, several bathroom uh, options of the entire game. And of course, when you get brought in, is the moment that your is just decided it's time. I, I actually feel bad for him in that
0: moment. Yeah, we're gonna break down poop gate a little bit more later, but uh, <laughs> that's that's what may have happened there. Uh, so let's go to the next clip. This is speaking of bloopers. This is my favorite one long time this is the Brewers pitching their entire weekend turned into a bloop uh (laughs) man down I like that he gracefully got up though from like the tumble roll like there's a little gymnastics in his background I feel like that wow. was
1: smooth. I mean, that could have gone way worse. You know, if that was a a player on the Yankees, he would have like broke his ankle. If
0: that, oh happened. yeah, like, he would have torn both hamstrings. If, <laughs> if you look, like you look
1: at his plant foot, I don't know if he was trying to throw a pickoff move towards first, but it move, it like moves as if he's trying to do that. And then the smooth roll out. I mean, good, good for him, man. That was uh, that was really nice. And I mean, I I brings back memories because when I I pitched when I was in um, like Babe Ruth level of baseball, and I had a moment where I threw the ball and I spiked it right away and slipped and just fell kind of right on my face. It was yeah.
0: a- anything but elegant, so I can appreciate at least the smoothness of how you got out of that. Yeah, but unlike, and what Rob wants to point out, unlike when you were in Little League, they didn't measure <laughs> the spin rate of your fall <laughs> and the distance covered, which I think is maybe the funniest trolling that ball awesome. I've seen in a long time. So, well
1: done by the graphics department.
0: Yeah, very well done. So, Rob, let's go to the next one. We're going to go back to the Yankees, but this is them getting victimized again, just to show you our lack of bias uh, this is Cedric Mullins, who center field didn't end up changing the outcome of the game, but that's an all-out gainer, uh, uh, <laughs> diving catch there to Rob, who was that Clint Frazier, I wasn't even paying attention. Talkman Hicks, uh, one of, the <laughs> one of was, them. right?
2: Yeah, it was. It, it was. A, it was um, ah, it was It's your guy, uh, Vince. <laughs> <laughs> You're the guy. I get a lot uh, of guys, Rob. I, <laughs> what is it? <laughs> Tyler Wade. I love the <laughs> person is, yeah,
0: see he would be hitting three fifty if it wasn't for all of yeah. these outfielders robbing him like that. That's
1: the kind of uh you lay that just takes the wind out of you, too. you need a moment after that one, so you lay it all out
0: for that one exactly, great catch by mullins Rob, let's go to the next one. um This is the theme of these two clips. This is Harrison Bader over in St Louis. Yeah. uh against the reds so semi-meaningful game and he's gonna go oh, and that might be an even more impressive catch because he kind of went behind himself to make that catch
1: yeah and look at where he's uh, aligned before the play starts he's on the complete right field side of the center field so he covers up a lot of ground on that catch yes and quickly so much-
2: uh I
0: don't know if it's the hair or playing for a super white team, but he reminds me so much (laughs) of Eric Burns there. It's not even funny.
1: Well, I was going to say the hair is like the perfect kind of hair for a guy like that who's out there making diving catches. He just has that kind of look that might just – and uh, that might only be a defensive specialist who thrives on making flying and diving catches. Like his hair just flowing in the wind.
0: Yeah, that is a clown catch. Brian, you're absolutely right. We have upgraded since then. We are now doing highlights. Um, So here is, speaking of highlights, there were a lot of them in this game. You can go to the next one, Rob. This is uh, the Braves massacre that we will get to later. But Freddie Freeman, like, had his own role. There is one RBI that's going to score. And then the Marlins just kind of throwing it around. But that's only one RBI from Freeman. Here's Freeman again. This is going to be two more. Um, Yep, that's a dong. Two run home run from Freeman there. You can see the score in the lower right-hand corner, that was also his 1,500th hit. Pretty impressive for Freeman, given his age. Now it's 13-8. This is Freeman basis loaded. He's just hitting it off of people, like playing whack-a-mole at this point. That's going to score <laughs> a couple more runs, make it 15-8, and then they're just going to throw it somewhere. Like, I don't even oh, – like, the Marlins – the worst part about that, Randy, is the Marlins were only halfway to their embarrassment at that point when it was 15-8.
1: Yeah, and the thing is, like, the Marlins are pretty respectable this year, all things considered, so you know that they, they had to throw in this kind of shit-ass performance yeah, and look was... like the bad news bears that they truly are at heart.
0: <laughs> to, to quote, uh, <laughs> to quote, who was it, Tim McCarver or Joe Buck, that was a disgusting act, watching that highlight. I mean, that was a bad, <laughs> battle. old what was
1: What was the final of that game was- Is that 28 to – 29
0: to 9, was it,
1: Rob? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, Yeah,
0: 29 to 9. Really I remember the
1: football score jokes on that game.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I think everyone uh, did. The Falcons beat the Dolphins. Let's go back. Speaking of disgusting acts, anytime the Astros have positive highlights, it's disgusting for me. But I'm going to include it because this was huge. This is Kenley Jansen now. Um, just yeah. getting lit up. And pay attention, right? It's 5-5 at this point in the ninth. So he's already – I think he started the inning. He was already at 21 pitches, and the bases were already loaded, and it was 5-5. That hit obviously brought in some runs. Um, Jansen ends up giving up, I think, five runs in the inning. So that uh, that's going to allude to something that we have later in the show as Dave Roberts just sits idly by while his closer gets murdered.
1: You know, as good as the Dodgers are, and they are the the cream of the crop as far as baseball is concerned in 2020. Uh, that's still, you know, postseason form for the Dodgers in full effect, with between Roberts and Jansen just completely blowing a game against Kenley a team worried, that they probably should have
0: beaten. He would worry me a little bit. Dodgers have a little bit of a deeper yeah. bullpen than they usually do, but he's still your closer. And in traditional, you know, traditional yeah. uh, system with the managers, they're going to go to the closer in big spots. So if your closer's weak. It doesn't really matter what the yeah. rest of your bullpen like. Uh, he I feel like you. I
1: have so many memories, and maybe this is just in my mind, but I feel like I have so many memories of Jansen and just Clark Kershaw just blowing it in big moments, and mm-hmm. especially the managers not putting them in situations to succeed. So I, I need to see that from the Dodgers to, to stop believing that. at least.
0: Yeah, and you put it in this perspective. Mariano Rivera, the greatest closer who ever lived, you can still think of three yeah. moments, four moments off the top of your head where he blew it. I <laughs> know his was a much larger sample size, but it's terrifying. Yeah. If you have a manager who believes a closer should be in that spot and he does not have his stuff that day, that's a really, really yeah. bad conundrum. And even a team like the Dodgers, if you don't kill teams, that can come back to bite you. So we'll have to see. That's, that's the one thing that would really worry me if I was a Dodgers yeah. fan. Uh, Rob, let's go to the next one. This guy was starting to worry us as Yankee fans. And then he threw this game, which was yeah. the beginning of a doubleheader. Yankees would sweep the doubleheader. Of course, being up six, nothing helps. That was him finishing. That's Garrett Cole finishing a complete game two-hit shutout. He had a no-hitter, I believe, into the fifth, which made me start having to wonder if I was going to have to have a segment on whether seven-inning no-hitters should count. Um, and then we add in the comment section – that it actually is technically not a no-hitter by the law of Major League Baseball if you throw it in a seven-inning game. So that kind of answered my question, I guess. But the, you but know, the complete
1: games still count? But aren't they counting complete games? I I don't
0: know. That's another good question. We can ask our commenters here. Do, so we know that a no, it's not a no-hitter and a seven-inning doubleheader this year by Major League Baseball rules. But is it, no, is it a complete game if you finish all seven innings like Garrett Colt did Does he get credit?
1: I think he I think he even got a complete game for opening night against the Nationals when they got rained out after five yeah. and they gave him a complete game for that. Okay, so maybe it's so a complete I, I, game. I, those are inconsistent uh, 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 rules to me.
0: If it's a complete game and it's a win, it should also be a no-hitter in my mind. But um,
1: And, and l- good looking out for Garrett Cole here because the Yankee fans are becoming a little insufferable I'm calling like him yeah. a bust already. He's got to figure it out. He's, he's a smart guy. He works very hard. I had no issue. I had no concerns. You know, he went through a little bit of a rough patch. I mean, he's human. I'm not that worried about it. He's, he's the man.
0: The funniest thing about his rough patch was it was like three starts, and his ERA went up to a whopping 3.63, which if you yeah. ask, like, a pessimistic Yankee fan when they signed him, or even just Yankee haters, they'd tell you, yeah, yeah Garrett Cole is not going to be the Astros' Cole. He's going to have a mid-three ERA. So the worst version of Garrett Cole was basically – Uh, exactly that, and everyone was, like, jumping for the bridge that he was going to be terrible, and, of course, then he throws a seven-inning Shut out. And he's still the best starter on the Yankees,
1: and yeah, <laughs> that, uh, that, that three out. ERA is still the guy I wanted on the in the playoffs.
0: He's the guy who you are going to be very glad we signed now that we have a three-game series here, and we'll talk more about that, because that value of a guy who can go in and just shut out the other team skyrockets in a three-game mm-hmm. series, or and, obviously one-game playoff, too.
1: And the Yankees have the depth in the, in the bullpen, or at least in theory they do, but they never had that starting plus pitcher that could – just lock down another lineup and not yeah. put all the pressure on your own lineup where nice. he's good as packs the pitching moments last year. And it's not good. They'd give up a run or two in the first and you'd be kind of digging yourself out of a hole the rest of the game. So, right. uh, I mean, not, not and in the comment section,
0: that,
3: yeah.
1: I want to point out in the comment section, Leon and Ryan both say that it was labeled a complete game. So
0: okay. that's weird on major league baseball. So there you go. Yeah. That is a little, a little hypocritical in my mind. I, <laughs> I agree in theory. It should not be, it should not have been a no hitter. Uh, I don't have to yeah. think about it now, but it was on nine eleven, 11 So yep. I was wholeheartedly rooting for the storyline. That, that didn't happen. But either way, I'll take a complete game shutout and I'll take a doubleheader Yankee sweep, so – Um, That's that's what happened. Now, let's get to another closer who had a rough week. Now, this closer did not literally shit his pants, but he did proverbially shit his pants. (laughs) And that is Josh Hader facing Jason Hayward. (laughs) Lefty on lefty brutality against the glorified defensive specialist with the season on the line for the Brewers at that point, because if they win that series, they're in it. Um, But the Cubs would win this game. And then the next day, they would do something. We can go right into Rob. We'll, we'll kind of combine these. If this is this is your moment, Cubs fans. Your moment of Zen. That was Hayward hitting his big three-run game-winning home run, and then the very next day, this is some sort of shoe salesman, maybe an Uber <laughs> rider. I described him as Billy the Blue Ranger's dad. That's Alex Mills. All Alex Mills. All five swing and misses in this game. Uh, he had five yeah. swing and misses in this entire game. He gets a no-hitter, 12 nothing win, second no-hitter of the year. I've now been wrong twice, as was very, very quick to point out on Baseball Life. And now both Chicago teams have a no-hitter. Cubs win yesterday on the comeback. They win today with the no-hitter – or, I'm sorry, two days ago and yesterday. And, um, and now they're on their way, you know, and we'll get to them in a second too. But what were your thoughts on that? I
1: – you know, I, I was like, it was a good story. I watched some – some pieces on him on MLB Network about how he is, you know, he's an older player spent forever trying to make it to the big league. So I'll, I'll never uh, discredit someone for working so hard and getting to the bigs and trying to have a moment like that. We would all kill to have a moment like that. Yeah. With that said, there's a lot of luck involved in sports in general. Um, but in this particular no hitter, a lot of things had to go your way. And I'm not trying to play the bad guy. Like I give him a ton of credit that this happened for him, but a lot of contact off of those bats and a lot of defensive plays made for him. Only five swings and misses. I mean, it's obvious that he didn't have the greatest stuff. But what he did do is he still competed throughout the game, and I can appreciate that. So, great story. Not the most impressive no-hitter ever, but cool nonetheless.
0: Yeah, I'm at the point, and I don't want to come off as, like, a no-hitter truther at this point. One of my – one of, if not my happiest memory ever was being at Dwight Gooden's no-hitter. So, I absolutely Mm -hmm. love no-hitters. But I'm at the point with the prevalence of them that, to me, a perfect game like that – involves a ton of skill obviously yeah. it's very but also rare. some
1: some luck and also like some un- unbelievable plays like yeah how often do we see a no-hitter a perfect game where like some guy
0: didn't make a crazy play there's usually at didn't. least one great play but a no-hitter yeah. for me is now at the point where like you have something like that mills no-hitter like the philip humber no-hitter i think he actually had a perfect <laughs> game too but um yeah like, now it's at the point where a no-hitter to me almost just borderlines on a complete fluke. <laughs> like, it's just – it's not even so much about skill anymore usually as it is about – like, fluke, shit should happen. I mean, that was – if you didn't have modern-day defensive metrics, that no-hitter never happens, and it probably isn't even a shutout either. <laughs> but, like, yeah, you know, the nature of it – I again, not not to disrespect Mills, that's the highlight of his career by far, and it won't even be close – he's just not the type of pitcher who's going to have you know big bigger highlights than that but mm-hmm. it was fluky uh and i, I don't want to call it fluky because there was an accomplishment involved but it was fluky that that will he could have that exact same sequence of pitching against the exact same lineup a hundred times and 99 times there's going to be a, a hit in that
1: game that's how i see it. yeah i think that's i mean that's a lot of baseball a lot of sports in general or a lot of luck and things that are inexplainable. And that's why you ultimately play the games and not base every result on numbers. So, I mean, I, I, I'm happy for the guy. I'm happy for the Cubs fans because it was a big weekend for the Cubs. Like you said, the the day before you had that comeback on Hader and you did the lefty on lefty crime with Jason Hayward, not the greatest uh, hitter by any means. Uh, Rizzo got to him. the very the very better before him to get on base and to make the runners on the corners in that situation uh and then Baez is already on third what I loved about that clip of the Hayward home run is with the no fans you find yourself like if you love baseball you love the sounds of baseball you can kind of like sit there and just hear the bat and hear the players talking and everything Baez like squealed on third base like <laughs> like a like a let's go like like a weird like uh, he's Puerto Rican, right? Like a weird, like Puerto Rican saying. Like Henry would probably know what the hell he yeah. said, but like I have no idea what he said. But you could hear it, like echo in the, in the uh, and especially in the replay, you could hear it uh, echo throughout the entire park. And like that's the cool part for me, not having fans. Is like these guys obviously are emotional, but to hear and like kind of get a little bit more detail on that stuff is what's really cool for me.
0: Yeah, that is awesome. I've heard of it a few times. Unfortunately, usually it's teams against the Yankees that have heard the loudest yeah. yelling, yeah. but um, it is neat <laughs> that you can kind of hear that from the dugout and, and all that type of stuff. Um, it was a big, big weekend, big week for the Cubs. Um, yeah. And we can kind of get into here, just discussions in general. We have a few news topics and we'll discuss baseball as a whole. Uh, there was an armed gunman who delayed a Royals game earlier in the week. This kind of slipped through the cracks, I felt like, of any sort of media but apparently some sort of mental episode, I mean, you know, it's always a mental episode to a degree, but apparently some sort of mental episode. He was an armed gunman outside Kaufman stadium uh, actually did take shots at people. No one was killed. And, um, it, and yeah, he delayed the game for hours. It was called a mental episode and there was no good guy with a gun out there to uh, shut him down. So that was the situation we had. They did end up playing the game, but it was delayed. I read
1: up on this story, um, and it seemed like the game was only delayed a half hour, but maybe I misread mm-hmm. that. No, I think the you're standoff right. But the, the, the standoff itself lasted, like, six hours, which yeah. is pretty crazy. Um, and where the Royals play is also this big, giant sports facility with like where the Chiefs play at Arrowhead. So, like, the fact that this guy's just, like, out in the open like this uh, is pretty pretty crazy to me that you know he's out there with a gun like thankfully nobody was hurt but it could have been a way worse situation
0: yeah for sure I, I, by the way i feel like we're on pod jobbers right now if you're not in wrestling life uh, you you should join it because pod jobbers is one of the entertaining podcasts that we have but henry Maldonado has just entered the chat. (laughs) Um, We don't know what he has to
3: Oh, There he is. I I see Randy getting way too comfortable in my chair there. He's looking (laughs) real pretty. He's sounding real good. You're not Wally Pippin' me, baby. Well, I'm just letting you. you know that now. Yeah, I'm not, not getting comfortable. I'm just filling
1: in for you, big man. I'm trying to do. I'm trying to do this in your honor, man. You look like...
3: way. Too, you look way too pretty doing this. So no <laughs> Wally pipping over here, man. Thanks for holding down the fort, man.
0: What's so, up, man? Hey, how's, how's your day off going?
3: Uh, I'm not off. My brother uh, was able to, you know, stay in a little longer from Washington, so I'm trying to spend some time with him before he flies out tomorrow. That's nice. So uh, you know, I don't get to see him a lot, so. He came down. We just spending some time before uh, before everything. And I was driving. I heard you guys. Great job as always. And as always, I'm going left. So I figure I just crash the party and fuck everything up.
0: There you go. Yeah. Are you? Is this? I wouldn't have yard? it any other
3: way. <laughs> huh? Yeah. Exactly.
0: Is, is this your yard that you're in right now? Where are we uh, right
3: now? Yeah. I already parked my car in the driveway. So. it's nice. Just gonna go up and uh, spend some time with the fam. But thanks for holding it down again, guys. Love you and. Because nobody's going to say it later, Donk City bitches. <laughs> there you go. Right, sign off. Have a good
0: rest of your day. That was Henry popping in. Um, what, so, like yeah, that. so the armed gunman there. Um, the other big story that kind of came out was that alcohol will not be allowed in the clubhouse for any sort of celebrations, regular season or postseason. And along with that, it's as far as I know, up to the players union at this point, whether they want to have the playoffs in a bubble at a neutral site, and presumably it would be California, Southern California. I, um, what are your thoughts on that? I don't, I oddly don't like the idea of the bubble um, but I don't like it mainly for Yankee fan purposes. I think their lineup is constructed to play a certain amount of games at Yankee yeah. stadium. I don't like going to those big Western ballparks for the playoffs uh, unfamiliarity; they don't have a great defensive outfield, so it makes me a little nervous being in a bigger outfield too. Yeah. What are your thoughts on that?
1: I share that sentiment as a Yankee fan. Uh, the ballpark obviously gives and takes uh, from the Yankees often, so I would prefer to be able to play those games at Yankee Stadium if we could. And the Southern California logic doesn't always doesn't make too much sense to me. It seems like they have, uh, as far as COVID goes, you know, worse infection yeah. rate. Um, they have fire issues going on right now. Um, you know, why not come to New York and do a bubble? I mean, New York's bubble is the lowest infection rate in the country right now. So, I mean, it, you, there are enough facilities throughout the state to do this. Um, the bubble idea, okay, but is it necessary? You've kind of proven that you can make this system work as is. So, if they, they were having more issues with it, I would be more on board. The NBA hasn't had a positive case since they restarted. Right. So the bubble bubble has proven to work, but uh, I just don't know if it's necessary. And um, as far as um, I forgot the first question you asked me here, but <laughs> the, uh, the no alcohol thing. Yeah, that, that's yes. what it was. Yeah, there you go. The, the NFL put in a similar rule where, like, players couldn't exchange jerseys after games like they typically did, which I'm sorry, but if you're allowed to play a game and touch each other and hit each other for 60 minutes, yeah. what is the difference between just exchanging those same jerseys that you're sweating and bleeding all over? And just If you're already guys in the locker room and you're already touching all those other guys, what's strange? champagne all over each other really gonna right. do i mean is it what's the, like how much worse could it possibly be I, I, it's just i don't know it's takes some fun out of it for me
0: yeah the thing i feel worse like worst about is whoever wins the world series like that i remember all five yankee celebrations that i've seen and that's like the highlight of fandom like <laughs> yeah. they're they're little kids they're
2: yeah.
0: spraying each other with champagne they usually spray reporters mm-hmm. they spray their gm like it's just it's so celebratory that part would actually bother me where there's a lot of things about the season we've had to adjust to as fans, like not being able to Mm -hmm. go to games or see fans at games or hear fans at games. But that one to me is from a sentimental standpoint, like that's going to really suck for whoever wins the world series. You're going to lose a certain element of that celebration to me.
1: Yeah, that's going to suck. I mean, you really are relying on your, you know, your dugout and your bullpen guys to make a lot of noise in that situation to try to make it, sound like you have the backing of a crowd, because you know when that final out happens, there is not going to be a reaction that we're used to. So I I wonder what that's going to look and sound like, and it's going to be kind of weird, I'm sure.
0: Right. Michelle's mentioning that she thought the NL playoffs, uh, the proposal was in Texas and AL in California, um, and World Series. I did
1: see Texas at one point, too. So yeah, yeah,
0: maybe I just only paid attention to the AL part, which is very possible. Um, But to your point, though, Randy, like, neither of those states are particularly fantastic with COVID, whereas New York is, and I get that, you know, weather might be a factor, but we play right. in the Northeast, usually in, in October and in weather anyway, so who cares? Right. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's a weird, it's a weird decision. I don't personally think the bubble's necessary. I think they're getting along just fine without it, like you said, so... We'll have to see. Yeah, if they um, were
1: having more issues, and I get that there has been a couple of complications, but to MLB's credit, they have adjusted the schedule and moved on and able to make up those games as quickly as possible. So yeah. uh, I, I think what they're doing now is working.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, get through these other topics here. Uh, a little Chapman update. So we talked about Shakegate a little bit. Um, yeah. I personally, I, I totally believe all this. probably had a fart that got away there. Um, and it reminds me. The only thing I, I remember that compares to this is that Ben Bishop with the Tampa Bay Lightning in the okay. Stanley Cup Finals. You remember the story? He, yes. I think he was supposed to come out of an intermission and he like yeah. had terrible shits or something, so couldn't come out. They had to use their backup goalie.
1: Um, the one thing I think of, and as a, a, a avid Celtics hater and Paul Pierce hater. I always will think of um, the game one against the Lakers in the uh, 2008 NBA Finals. Paul Pierce gets carted off in a wheelchair, basically, (laughs) uh, implying that he can't walk. And then it came out years later that he just shit himself and he was just embarrassed uh, that he couldn't – like, he came back out. Like, he he was all dramatic. He got carted off and then he comes running out in the second half, drops like 30 in the second half. I was like, I hate this guy. Like, how did you go from being, like, not able to walk To being the best player on the court within a matter of like 20 minutes, but it turns out that he ended up just, uh, you know, having an accident in his pants.
0: So up his alley too, as like a world class flopper and faker of injuries. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, yeah, it doesn't surprise me at all. The other Chapman update, and this one probably much bigger and more important, is that Matt Chapman of the Oakland Athletics is now out for the rest of the season. Um, Yeah which could be potentially very damaging to Oakland who until yesterday had the best record in the AL. Now they've fallen behind. Um, But that's big. I mean, Oakland again was probably my AL favorite. I don't know if I like them in every matchup, but I do think they're the best team. And now they're going to be without their leader and the guy who has the most experience there, that's big. And then we can kind of throw in there that, The Yankees, five-game winning streak, so they're not 500 anymore. They fell to 500. Now they're five over. If the season ended today, they would be, I believe, in a tie for the seven seed, but only half a game out from the five seed because the AL the seedings are weird. Um, uh, Aaron Judge and Giancarlo Stanton do back by the end of this week. In very Yankee fashion, Mm -hmm. they're not going to play every day until the final week where they'll then play every day and probably sit in the important games because it's Aaron Boone managing. Um, but they should be all systems go for the playoffs and the Yankees all of a sudden are going to be pretty healthy. No surprises there. I swear that they do this on purpose. And Tampa, another big contender uh, Choi is out for the regular season. So they're going to be without him. Tampa already kind of struggling They're you know, five and five in their last 10. Now they're without a guy they've really been batting cleanup most of the season. So um, some big movements there with these AL teams.
1: Yeah, Matt Chapman, I, uh, Henry wanted to Henry wanted me to reiterate to your audience that is the best third baseman in baseball. <laughs> uh, and it is it is a huge loss for the A's. I mean, he, his power numbers are a little down, but he's still a huge bat to have in the middle of that lineup. He finished in top seven in the MVP voting the last two years, won two gold gloves in a row. The importance of uh, that team cannot be understated. Now, their replacement situation, they just signed a guy, I believe it was Lamb. Uh, you might know better than I, um, but uh, he had not played in a while, yeah, so he's yeah. not, obviously not going to be able to rep- – yeah, Jake Lamb, mm-hmm. not going to be able to replace Matt Chapman's production, and I feel bad for the A's because I feel like they were primed to make a run here. They had some, you know, really good bullpen success, and that lineup is really good, and they're just an annoying team. And Matt Chapman was a big part of that, so I think this is going to be a
0: big loss. Yeah. As far as, go ahead. No, I was going to say, um, yeah. I mean, I don't think it's a death sentence for them, but it's definitely a big loss.
1: Yeah, as far as like Aaron Judge coming back and John Carlos Stanton coming back, like. I'm to the point where I've accepted that giving these guys scheduled days off is not working. You cannot just ex- like go a hundred and then stop, go hundred and then stop. That's the reason for these injuries, especially when you have two gigantic human beings who are built like football players. Like you have to let them keep going because when they stop and go again, that, you know, you don't stretch properly. It makes their muscles kind of tight. That's how these things happen. You got to get these guys right back in here into the swing of things and make sure they're ready to go for the playoffs. I'm over this whole babying them and giving them time off, giving these guys scheduled days off. I mean, just let him play. And, and Stanton's missed almost, two, like, what, six weeks now? Judge went back on the I.L. After coming back, he played a half a game. Yep. You know, th- these guys are so important to the Yankees' success, and they need them to play for the playoffs. I'm, I'm just not <laughs> – I'm worried about them uh, being able to stay healthy for that run.
0: I completely agree. Um, and, you know, we'll see. If they're 100% healthy, like, Stanton came back for, like, two or three games last postseason, but he obviously wasn't healthy, and he was out again. And he played he was, well. Yeah, he did. Um, If these guys can stay healthy through October, uh, that's huge. And the other thing going along with it, as Rob has sent us a note, uh, Yankees last five games, only five games is one turn through the rotation, 0.86 ERA from their starters. The only takeaway I have from that, because I'm a big sample size believer, is that Davey Garcia so far has been fantastic for the Yankees. And why that's important is that you look at the Yankees rotation for the playoffs, right? And you've got Garrett Cole. You know what he's going to give you. You've got Masahiro Tanaka, who not by any means a two-starter to me in the regular season, but in the playoffs, he's certainly a 1A to anyone's ace. And then you've got kind of a a mixture here. And you can go Garcia. You can go Heck. You can go – Is Paxton coming back? Montgomery and and possibly Paxton. I don't personally think he's going to come back. And if he does, I don't think it will be as a starter. But – even then, you've got three guys who are viable for two spots. If Garcia keeps pitching this way, he's right. probably starting a playoff game. And then you get to choose between Montgomery and Hap, which is already better than you had last year when the Yankees yeah. used a bullpen game in the ALCS and Hap for the other game. So right. their rotation's actually going to be in the best shape I think it's yeah. ever been in for the playoffs as long as these guys stay healthy. With that said, it seems like the bullpen
1: is in the worst shape it's been in the last couple years. Yeah. Uh, a lot of that, I feel like, is mismanagement. Um, yeah, I And, agree. you know, do you really trust this management situation to truly let these starters go out there for seven innings, dominate, and then go to your big guns in the bullpen and let them do their thing? Because I don't trust them in that decision-making process. No, I
0: don't trust the Yankees with any decision-making. And, uh, <laughs> you know, I look at last year, Tanaka, 68 pitches, six shutout innings against the Astros. Yeah. Boone's like, all right, it's the seventh inning. They end up winning the game 7 nothing. I think at that time it was like 3 nothing or whatever. But right. he goes to his bullpen because that's what you do in the seventh, eighth, and ninth because we've got, you know, on paper, three really good relievers to close out games. They do a fine job. They get the shutout. And then what happens is game two, you have a short start. Game three, you end up having a bullpen game. Game four, you have a short start or whatever. By that game four, the bullpen's completely burned out. And why? happy Yankee fan will tell you it has nothing to do with Masahiro Tanaka being pulled in game one, but that's obviously what it had to do with. Can the Yankees make those corrections? Probably not. We've seen now back-to-back postseasons where Boone makes the same mistakes over and over again. And that, yeah. to me, Randy, is the biggest, biggest adversity the Yankees would have to overcome as their own management.
1: And uh, you have an ace now in Garrett Cole. It's a shortened season. He did not pitch all year, like a typical year. Let him go out there and be your horse. Yeah. if he's going to give you eight let him give you eight if he can go nine let him go nine I don't care if he throws 130 pitches it's the playoffs and you only played 50 some games this year I don't care they'll have however many months off and there's no we don't know for sure when next season's even going to start go for it stop babying these guys it's a freaking postseason
0: that's the adjustment they're going to have to make now the White Sox another team to talk about have become the best team in the AL record wise um yeah Here's my uh, – we can go real quick before we get into the – to a game center and the home runs because we'll, you know, we'll, we'll try and wrap it up here somewhat soon. Um, here We can go down the list, Randy, of the contenders, and here's the things that worry us about them, right? Tampa we yep. talked about. Um, I don't – their offense really isn't dominant. Now they're without Choi, uh, who it doesn't seem like any sort of name to anyone, but for Tampa I think that's somewhat important. Um, yeah. My concern with them would be that offense can be shut down. And my concern with staying in the AL East uh, with the Jays, it's pitching. I mean, I don't think they're particularly good. I think they have been very beneficial from just the context of this season. And with the Yankees, we talked about their own management's a big problem. Davey is unproven. Um, and health is always their factor. Right. When we get to these central teams – Matt Bushnell brought this up, and I agree with him. The White Sox, to me, their biggest concern is getting tested because most of their wins have been blowout wins against bad teams, which kudos to them. They've built the best record in the AL on it, and they're definitely making the playoffs, and they very well could still win that division. They're up a game, so they're in the driver's seat, but they have really not dominated any sort of good team yet. And they're complete. They're super young, <laughs> so it's like two things working against them. Dallas Keuchel hurt as well. We left that part out. That's my concern for the White Sox. Do you have concerns? The Yellow Six, the Central. Just go down the line here, real quick. Indians, Twins, White Sox. What are your concerns with those three teams?
1: I mean the Twins just oh I never will get myself to be able to trust them fully in the playoffs. I mean their Mm -hmm. offense obviously has the firepower, but you know once they find themselves in the Bronx and the playoffs comes around, that offense tends to disappear. I don't love their starting rotation. It's okay Uh, bullpen. I I don't really love it all that much. But uh, um, the White Sox, like you said, they were not. They haven't been tested. They're they're very entertaining. Um, They're they're very fun to watch offensively, especially. Uh, I I worry about the pitching. I worry about their bullpen a little bit. And as far as Cleveland goes, um. The loss of Clevenger is going to hurt, I think, depth-wise with the rotation. Like, Bieber obviously lights out. He's probably going to win the Cy Young. But what do you have after him? And the offense is kind of Lindor, Ramirez, and bust. So I feel like you can kind of pitch around those guys and shut those guys down. So each of those teams have flaws. Um, I guess as far as if a team I want to watch the most in the, in the playoffs, I want to watch the White Sox. I mean, they're young. They're, they're not going to – I'd be shocked if they made a run to win the championship. But this sort of playoff experience is going to help them in the future when they're actually ready to contend.
0: Yeah. Very, very 2017 Yankees. I said that to Matt too. You, you know, yeah. they, there's no expectations. They're very entertaining. They play hard. They play well. They all yeah. kind of came of age at the same time together. Uh, who knows how far they can go. Yankees, if their opponents weren't cheating might've very well gone to the world series, might've, <laughs> might've won the world series in 2017. And that was an audition year. So you just never know. I like the You're White Sox. <laughs> Giolito and Keichel, if they're healthy, that's a nice one-two punch compared to those other two teams. Um, yeah, well, no, especially I about title. The Indians, the Indians have Bieber, who's better than everyone.
1: <laughs> but, right, but Bieber's just Bieber. If they had Beaver right. and Clevenger, then I would love the Indians more than anyone.
0: Agree, And that's the big part I think you touched on, is that the Indians were very scary because of their – first of all, Francona, as their manager, rarely makes bad mm-hmm. decisions. And also, they had a fantastic rotation. Uh, now the rotation's a little thinner. They lost their second-best pitcher in the trade. Um, now you're dealing with a very anemic offense. That offense can get shut down by anyone at any given time. It's very inconsistent. Uh, it doesn't have a lot of guys who scare you outside of Lindor and, and Ramirez when he's going right. Um, Franny Reyes sometimes, unless he's, like, in his 0 for 76 slumps. So, yeah, I, I mean, that central – Everyone's got flaws, but to me, I, I think the White Sox are the most exciting, and they also actually have the best chance of going deep out of the central teams. Um, now, the West, we talked about the Chapman injury. Oakland still worlds better than the Astros. Even without Chapman, I, would, I wouldn't pick that to go the distance if they played each other in a playoff. Astros, to me, are by far the worst team that's going to make the playoffs. That includes the Blue Jays. That's yeah. my take on it. Um, they are barely 500. They are not great at anything. Their bullpen struggled. Their starters have struggled. Urquity or however you say his name came back. He had a really nice start. So maybe that helps their rotation a little. Uh, and the offense, their best hitters are struggling. So maybe a three game series are scary, maybe a five game, but if they get to that ALCS, I don't see them getting past that. And honestly, I could see them being a first round knockout. I
3: mean,
1: yeah, what made them so dangerous before, like they had a, a, a so much depth in the offense, which they still are deep offensively, but they haven't performed that way. Uh, and then with the rotation, you had Verlander, Cole, and Granke, which is as good of a top three as you could possibly have. And now it's just Granke. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, I don't, you know, Granke's fine and, and, and he's had a nice career, but, you know, he's your one and then it kind of falls off a cliff after that. So the Astros, uh, I do not trust the Astros. The A's I really do like, and I I would have liked them a lot more if Chapman was still in that lineup because – and especially at third base. He really does gobble up every ball, make every impressive play that there is to make it on defense, which we haven't even talked about. But defensively, (laughs) the the A's are probably the best defensive team in the AL, which is so important in the playoffs. Whereas the Yankees – one of the Yankees' main flaws to me is defensively, especially in the infield. That you know you're you're not making all the plays that you could make and leaving guys on base that shouldn't be there uh, tends to come back to fight you. So I love the A's. They're sound fundamentally, and I love their bullpen, which I believe now is a sub two ERA, if not sub pretty close. So I mean the A's. It's hard not to like what they're doing right now.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Now I'm just making sure I have this right. The NL is a much less of a conversation to me. Uh, Braves. <laughs> seem like they're hot because they had that 29-run game. They've actually no. are 5-5 five and five in their last 10. Now they're 9 over 500. That's respectable. They're four games right. up. They're probably winning the East. Um, the Dodgers obviously are a juggernaut. They're the best team in baseball. I don't think it's close. And the Padres, right behind them. <laughs> they're, uh, yeah. they're only two and a half back. So those two teams we know are hugely competitive. Now Padres don't have the experience. We'll see if that comes back to bite them. I don't think any of their starters are like ace Ace material, but Lamette and um, and Paddock are obviously really good, and and then you have the Cubs, who are kind of that interesting team now. Cubs have solidified themselves as not a team that's going to collapse. They're going to win right. the Central, I think, because the Cardinals haven't given any indication they're going to put anything together here down the stretch to take it from them. Right. And um, and you know their their rotation is. Fine. (laughs) There's nothing that really sticks out where I'm like it's great. The bullpen has its problems, but has done better than people expected, and the offense is wildly inconsistent. (laughs) It can be shut down. It can also destroy you. And what happened to Bias?
1: I mean, I feel like he Mm -hmm. isn't hitting the ball as hard as he used to. His K rates way up, and his walk rates way down. Like, what's going on with Bias?
0: Yeah, I. I mean, yeah, you can say that about really Bias and Bryant both struggling, and yet the offense has done okay. So. I don't know. There's a lot of questions. led like by
1: Ian Happ and Jason Hayward.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. 2020 is weird, very weird. It's a very weird year. So everyone's got their flaws except the Dodgers, uh, except the one thing we touched on. I, I don't trust their closer in a big spot. Um, yeah. Rob, let's get to our game center, and then we'll get into the dongs here, uh, and we'll be on the home stretch.
2: Okay, we have two finals. Uh, earlier there was the Cincinnati Reds um, winning against the Pittsburgh Pirates. Three to one. Um, That's the first of of a doubleheader. They'll be playing later on. We just have a final now with the Marlins and the Phillies. The Marlins win six to two. And games going on right now. We have the A's on top of the Seattle Mariners, five to four. And there is no score with the uh, St. Louis Cardinals and the Milwaukee Brewers. And back to you, Winston Randy. (laughs)
0: Thank you. So the Marlins on their way, man, they're three over. They are very likely making the playoffs in the NL. That should be very interesting to see. Um, I love that.
1: Yeah. I just, I love that of all the teams in the NL East that we loved so much <laughs> that it's going to be the Braves and the Marlins and then the Mets and the Phillies are just hanging out underneath those two. Yeah, it's kind I, of shocking to me. And the Nationals I too. I mean, Nationals are the worst team, one of the worst teams in the National League.
0: Even year. in a weird division, Jeter still wins. Um, or in a weird year, I should say. Rob, let's yeah. get to the dongs here. <laughs> we'll just kind of walk you through it. Not much to analyze here. Uh, Jose Abreu had a big week. He's had a big career. I think he's largely underrated as a run producer, and that's hitting yeah. a rope into left field. Uh,
2: Love
0: yeah. that. Three run homer that puts the White Sox up 12 nothing over the Tigers, and it would only go downhill yeah. from there. So shout out White to the White Sox
1: for taking care of business at least because you're playing the Tigers so much you got to beat them right.
0: You got to kill those teams and they've done it and they've done it in entertaining fashion. Let's get to our next one, Rob. This is Jared Walsh on the Angels. Uh, also, you know he's one of those no-name guys who kind of just puts it together every so often. And um, <laughs> this is Walsh. Yeah, I got swing. I love that swing. Yeah, I hate and That's love it. Um, that is a bomb. That well, that one goes in the upper deck. Angels. Yeah win the game and um yeah i mean that's all i really have to say about the angels every so sweet swing
1: i like i like that lefty swing
0: that was a very long swing um let's get to our next one rob this is going to be a uh miller shot here so here you go this is brad miller Uh, Another lefty swing going dead center here in St. Louis is going to hit it over. I'm imagining that's a fake Ford sign. I don't think that's real, but I don't know. That's probably
1: digital, but that's probably 450 at least. That's a shot to dead center. Yeah. Dead center. That didn't even land
0: in the grass. Clears it over the fake sign. That's pretty impressive. Let's go to our next one, Rob. Here we go with, uh, again, a team that we almost rarely cover because they don't want to try winning, but this is Ryan Reynolds on the Pirates. And against the Royals, oh, man, that is going to – another lefty, man. It's been the, the week of lefties hitting long <laughs> home runs. That one went over their, like, second wall over there. I didn't know Ryan Reynolds played baseball. I thought he was dead. <laughs> I love that it cut off right there, yeah. I wonder who would rather have the other's career. Um, I, I don't think <laughs> – <laughs> It's probably not close in my book. No, uh, probably not. Okay. Any other major league team in maybe. Let's go to our next one, Rob. Maybe. You might remember the Boston Red Sox that used to be a major league team. Rafael Devers used to be a professional hitter. And then all of a sudden this past week he became one again. 13 for 25 this past week. He also had some bombs in his pocket. There's one of them. That's against the Phillies. That's going to tie the game up. Um, and it looks like that was in the seventh inning of a doubleheader too. So pretty dramatic home run there. And Devers going to round the bases here. Here's Devers again. And this is Zach Eflin, my LVP Fantasy Player of the Week. He literally cost me a playoff spot by only having five strikeouts. Uh, there's Devers going oppo. Not a cheap shot by any means when you consider yeah. that one oppo about 400 feet.
1: Those are shots. I mean, if you need to get right on track, it seems like the Phillies pitching staff will help you do that.
0: Yeah, every time. <laughs> Second one. Here it is off Fleming. And this is something Yankee fans do not see often. That's a home run off the Rays. Uh, yeah. Devers hit one. And he kind of rocked it around that foul pole there. So, Rafael Devers, a three-home run week. Wasn't the most in Major League Baseball for home runs. There was actually two guys who did better than that. And here's one of them. You can keep going, Rob. Yankee killer. Oh, Yankee killer. He was an everything killer this week. Six (laughs) home runs from DJ Stewart, who looks like Matt Stairs, who looks like every other fat lefty (laughs) with a beard. And here is one of his home runs. That's against the Yankees. It was Uh, off a call, it looked like. Yep, got a nice bounce there, too. Uh, Yeah, that was not the shutout. (laughs) And here he is again. Didn't think off the bat that was going to go, and then it, like, left the stadium completely.
1: The ball carried, for sure.
0: Yeah, and now here's his third one. I like that, Rob. Rapid fire when we get to the montages. That's DJ Stewart obliterating the Yankees. It didn't help. They didn't win any of these games. Um, This is him against the Mets, (laughs) switching over to the other New York Upper Decker? Woo. Yeah, when DJ is playing New York teams, he lets he lets loose. Here he is again against the Mets. This is just gonna put a capping on it. Lefty and um, lefty crime again. Yeah, DJ another upper decker. Jeez. He, yeah, yeah, that's a shot. bomb. DJ Stewart, I had in both my fantasy leagues. He was the opposite of an LVP, uh, and then that's him off Tanaka. Just uh, first inning, first inning greeting, and it, Made again, the
2: bleachers. Yeah. Wow.
0: Into the – I was at a Yankee Red Sox game once. Adrian Gonzalez did a three-run home run up there once. And uh, wow. you just – you don't see it that often. That's a longer home run than you think. It's very – I mean, the short
1: porch is short for sure, but you clear that and you get into the bleachers, it's a, it's a shot.
0: Yeah, it is a shot. Let's get to our next one here. This is uh, – I need Randy for his first name. Albert, I don't even have him in front of me. Mondesi of the Royals, just going. Oh, go. to, uh, yeah, let me yeah, got, like, Alberto Mondesi. Uh, Daniel, thank you. Alberto Mondesi. <laughs> thank you. I forgot we still had one Hispanic guy left on the show. Uh, yeah, so this is Mondesi doing his thing. There's one. He is not a home run hitter, folks. He's a guy who steals a lot of bases. I made a post about him. I was so excited about his performance this week. Oh, <laughs> he just I pick him up to steal bases, and he hits four home runs this week instead. So, um, and you. he stole three bases. This is him off Steven Brault and guys who shouldn't be in the majors but are known as the Pittsburgh Pirates. Didn't even
1: look like he made great contact on that. I think Kerry's right out of the park.
0: Yeah, this is 2020 baseball, Randy. Yeah. Uh, and here he is again. Two lefty,
1: two lefty, too righty for your trouble. Yeah, he Still. really
0: split it up nicely. Yeah, they can try and – Oh, got to catch that. Run. Yeah, that's that, – that's, that's on the center fielder right there. That's catchable. Let's go to our next one, keep the medleys going. This is Adam Duvall <laughs> and – He had three home runs this week. The difference between Adam Duvall and everyone else is that all of his came in the same game. This is back to the 29-9 game, and this is Yamamoto. I believe he gave up 12 earned runs in this game, which is not good if you're keeping score at home. That's Duvall's second one. That's a uh, really good uh, attempt. Yeah. He jumped halfway over the wall there. Didn't matter. 3 home runs. Now we're at 25 shot. to nine bases. Uh, a grand salami, baby. Let's yeah, go. Yeah, that's the last shot that the Braves would have of the night. They couldn't get to 30 in the eighth. I was a little disappointed. But that's Yuval. Shut it down. 3 home runs, nine RBIs in one game. You can't top that unless you do something only three other guys in history have done legally. Here is legally. Albert Pujols, your moment of zen if you're an Angels fan. Albert Pujols, another bet I've got going. I haven't lost it yet, though. I said Albert Pujols would not necessarily break Mays's record this year. He needed five home runs to do it. This is his fourth. It ties Willie Mays, 660. Uh, quick yes or no, Randy. Is he the greatest hitter you've ever seen?
1: I, it's hard for me to say no. Uh, he's definitely the greatest player I've ever seen as far as pure hitter. I would say Ichiro or, you know, my bias would lean me towards Jeter as well. But Pujols had the power that those two guys didn't have. So, I mean, as far as, like, greatness of player, I mean, I don't think there's been a better player in my, my lifetime.
0: Yeah, I'm ready to say definitively he's the best right-handed hitter I've ever seen until we yeah. see what Mike Trout's career ends with. But uh, for now, yeah. he is the greatest right-hand hitter I've ever seen. Um those it's are like we got one more, one more dong from Rob, too. Oh, he's got a bonus dong. Rob always surprising us with his dongs. Let's, uh, let's get to the, let's show the bonus one. I think I know what it is. You got some new people. Welcome Joe and welcome Felipe. And no, Jacob, if you want the, and the emoji gun, man himself. Didi. Yeah. Actually, I was going to chastise Jacob Moses. And then I realized that it was my fault. He did tag us, Rob, for the Dominic Smith home run. It was a grand dong. <laughs> Uh Instead, we have the Didi one because we are homers at the end of the day with the Yankees. Uh, That is on us, Jacob. We owe you a dong, so please feel free to include us. If you're just joining us, welcome, Chris. Um, We got to mention the Giants now. That's tradition, and we will in a second, Uh, just not the one she wants. But um, (laughs) if you're just joining us, Henry is out today. We've got Randy Hammond filling in. Uh, Those were our dongs of the week. Let's get here to Boonehead, and then we're going to wrap it up because Randy's going to start drinking at any second and we want him to I've do I've already it. been going, my yeah, friend. Yeah, I mean, have thinking he's in ahead, Aaron. <laughs> plays of the week? There's two of them. Um, one is aforementioned Dave Roberts sticking with Kenley uh, Jansen despite getting destroyed. Five runs in the inning. I don't know at what point you want to pull your closer. I would think it's before he gives up five runs. It's not like one of those was a grand slam. By the way, I added Aaron Boone to this. We alluded to it earlier. He sticks with Chad Green and Adam Atavino to give up a 10-run inning. So if you think Dave Roberts is a terrible manager for leaving a pitcher in for five, try having a manager who leaves two pitchers in for five in the same inning. That was Aaron Boone, and he did it with a four-run lead. So Aaron Boone stays undefeated. He he leaves his two best pitchers in to give up 10 runs rather than, like, try something, anything at all. Um, And then the other one is the D-backs. This was Corey Decker before he went on this. I love this,
1: by the way. This is awesome.
0: I love this. So the D-backs inherently, right, they're named the Diamondbacks. That's a snake. Right. They have changed their mascot, I think, what, temporarily to a rat, and then they ended up beating the Dodgers with it. So I don't know who's the idiot here, but I'm going to stick with the Diamondbacks because you have a snake as your mascot, and they decide to make a rat for a mascot instead. So I don't get that.
1: I don't get it. Maybe it's because a rat is what – or a mouse is what a snake would eat. So maybe they're just trying to get fed and maybe that will motivate them to play better. And they won the game. So regardless of the logic, (laughs) it worked. It
0: worked somehow. (laughs) Yeah, I agree. Um, Yeah. This by the way, just goes to show we have to keep our 7 PM time slot because all all the regulars are like coming in now and it's closing time.
1: Well, I'm sorry. Um, Sterling Shepard just caught a first down. We got a Giants game to watch. Oh Yeah, here
0: we go. (laughs) So let's finish up here. Memorabilia. As promised, we'll post the thread tomorrow. Um, This one you'll appreciate. Before there was Derek Dieter for Yankee fans of my age, there was Don Mattingly. This was maybe the first autograph I ever had that is a signed card of Don Mattingly, who was my original love before Dieter replaced him. Uh, What do you have for us, Randy?
1: So uh, I'm filling in for the big man today, our friend Hank, uh, our, our fearless leader of all these life groups, one of the best people that I know, I'm sure you agree, is a great person. (laughs) Um, almost three years ago now, me and my now fiance moved in together here in upstate New York. And, uh, we got a package about a week into when we moved in together and our friend Henry sent us a housewarming gift and he loves Derek Jeter as much as I do. And he sent me this framed photo from the captain's retirement season of him. Uh, this is when he obviously hit his last walk off as a Yankee. And then there's a spot of him, uh, in Monument Park here. Sorry about the reflection. You can kind of see my computer and my lights, but, said. Yeah, so this was a really cool thing that Henry gave me, and I have it hanging on my wall in my little Jeter corner that I have in my bedroom. But um, shout-out to Hank being a great guy, and shout-out to Jeter for being my favorite player.
0: The thing I respect about that most in very Henry fashion is that that is a massive frame of Derek Jeter. And yeah. whether he bought it in New York or off a Yankee-affiliated website, it was probably Pretty like $7,000. <laughs> so good for you, Randy. That's a really nice gift from Henry. Um,
1: I'm uh, happy to have a friend like that, and I was uh, certainly appreciated. And We're not surprised when he goes out of his way to make someone else's day. So I mean, he's a great guy.
0: Yeah, not, not at all. So those were our memorabilia. We will post them tomorrow in the thread when I add links to the show. And obviously, if you've got something, please feel free to share it. Um, games to watch series to watch I've got twins White Sox that's a really good litmus test for the White Sox it also happens to be competition for the AL Central Um, big difference there you're either the one or the four seed more than likely depending on who wins that division so that could go a long way Randy what do you have?
1: Uh, in an effort to not be a homer, I'm not going to go with the Yankees and Blue Jays, although I am going to be uh, closely watching that series, obviously. Uh, I'm going to go with the Cubs and the Indians. Uh, uh, you know, the Cubs are you know leading the pack there in their division, and the Indians are still sticking around in the playoff race in the AL. So I think it's definitely going to be a competitive series and with with high
0: playoff implications. For sure. Rob, I know you're back there. What are you watching this week?
2: Yeah, I'm watching. I think it's going to be a great series. Um, in the West, I'm sticking to the West because you know I got to give it up to the West. West. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> I got the, um, I got the Dodgers and the um, and the Padres game to as the uh, must game, must watch game of the week for me. Um, they, yeah. the Padres are only t- I believe two and a half back. Two and a half. Now. Yeah,
0: it's still a race, even though the it Dodgers doing everything they can to just run away with stuff. Um, yeah, that, that's a that's a good choice. And, um, yeah, so that's going to do it for us here. I, again, Henry will be back next Monday. We will, of course, be back in our normal time slot, 7 p.m., Dong City. NFL can't hurt us anymore with their random <laughs> 7 p.m. Monday night football just to piss me off. And it happens to be the Giants, which, by the way, had Giant Yankees, had a little transition shirt for you, Randy. Um, <laughs> I love that. Had to rep the Giants a little bit today. Uh, Randy Hammond is half of the Audible, him and Matt Bushnell. They're on tomorrow, yep. 7 p.m., right? You guys are sticking to that for tomorrow?
1: Yep, we're going to go uh, – we're gonna. We're trying to do Tuesdays and Fridays during the season, week one, almost all but in, in the books now. We're Giants, uh, Steelers are on now. Titans, Broncos on tonight. We're going to have a full recap of the entire week one slate tomorrow and then preview Thursday Night Football, which is the Browns and Bengals. We're going to have some fun with Leon Tompkins, who is also the host of the <laughs> Step Back, also a big Lions fan. So, Matt and, and, uh, and Leon going back and forth there will be a good time as well.
0: And, uh, and you can catch me, I'll remind you, of course, next week. You can catch me on the Audible as a guest after the Giants play the Bears in week two. So I'll be on there next yeah. Tuesday. So you yeah, get Dong City with me next Monday and then the return of Henry. You know, me back with Randy on the Audible and Matt Bushnell next Tuesday at 7. Here is a bonus clip Rob wants to show us. Yes, there you go, Jacob. <laughs> Don't ever say we didn't do anything for you. Rob goes out of his way. He's able to multitask, give us a game he wants to watch. Andy shows you that Dominic Smith grand slam also made me happy from a fantasy standpoint. Uh, so yeah. there we go. Someone cares about you. No conspiracies that it's Rob have, happening to have a Mets clip, uh, but he, he, does, he gets the job done. So this has been Dong City. Thank you for joining us.
2: We will be back next week, 7 p.m. Eastern time. Have a great rest of your night. Enjoy football.